On this week's episode of DL and Extend, we have a much-needed conversation regarding the toxic elements of the Lennox community. This episode of DLN Extend is brought to you by DigitalOcean and Bitwarden. And welcome to episode 38 of DLN Extend. DLN Extend is a community-powered podcast. We take conversations from the DLN community from places like the DLN Discourse Forums, Telegram Group, Discord Server, and more. We also take topics from other shows around the network and give our takes. And with me are my two fantastic co-hosts, the Pokemon Chasing Nate <laughs> and the ever-growing hardware in her ears, host wendy how are you guys doing doing pretty good so nate what have you been up to lately bud well i've been playing in the terminal uh, a little bit it's been fun so it, it sort of kind of kicked off with the uh the fish the friendly interactive shell i heard people talk about it and say oh how amazing it is i'm like hey, what's what's wrong with my bash my bash is great and so it was actually at biddle that someone said i needed to try fish and so I tried fish and I got to tell you, holy crap, it's amazing. It's literally, they made the terminal amazing as far as, you know, I can't remember a lot of the commands or how the options are done. Different terminal programs sometimes have different uh, ways of, you know, is it, is it a double dash or single dash? Is it, you know, whatever. And so this, uh, it literally, it makes it very easy. So if I type like, you know, zip, zipper, one, it predicts what I want to do based on on previous uh, usages, like in my bash history, my whatever I think I, is it still called bash history? I don't know. And so I can <clears throat> I hit tab. If I can't remember which option it was, it'll give me the list of the different commands I can do right at that point. So it you know like if I start typing like in, so I have like in install info install new recommends you know and anything like that 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 I think is really fantastic. Uh, and then also and as you you know trail down the down the list the the command entry, it gives you more information. One, it it helps you execute the command correctly. And I think that is just absolutely awesome. And I don't know why it's not the default on all Linux distributions. It should be nothing against Bash, but you know, I think Bash is, you know, you know, really it's really 1997. And so I think fish is the way of the future. And uh so uh the other terminal things I've been doing, I was made aware this command called well it's not really a command, but this project called WTTR.in. And so you can very easily run a command in the terminal to get your current weather. And I think that is also absolutely fantastic. It, it's actually, it's a really nice layout for the weather and everything. So I had, to, I had to play with that for a little bit. And because I didn't want to forget it, you know, my, I have the, uh, I have the memory of a goldfish from, you know, you could say. So it's really nice being able to, to actually use this, this application here. And I can, you know, like very easily, I can, it's just curl WTTR.in slash your city. So let's say Kalamazoo and I can, it'll see, I'll get the current weather for Kalamazoo. It's really nice laid out all using like you know the, the text graphics the ascii ascii graphics so i, I can just run that in the terminal real quick way easier and way faster than going to like weather.com or some other weather site we have to wait for all kinds of but also you can go to http colon slash slash wttr.in and it'll also give you weather forecast in, in a browser too if you want to do browser which you know I, that's just silly why would someone use a browser but you can so there's a lot of options you can do by, by zip code you can do uh you know if let's say there's multiple spring fields or portages you say like portage indiana or portage michigan something like that and it'll give you portage plus i should say and then it so that it can filter all that down and get you to to you what you want and that has also been it's such a neat application and it's very extensible too so there's, there's many things you can do with it. you can have just do like one day current or whatever other options you want if you want metric or imperial units and uh and also there's a way to like have it build like a, a png with like transparency so you can actually have a pop-up like a, a graphical display but with your with a text there's a lot of things you can do with it and i just think it's just it's a really neat way to get weather in the terminal and since i i do have like a, i use tmux for 
some things. Uh, it'd be nice to just you know have have access to that as well. Just like when I'm logging into something, you know, my uh, terminal desktop, as it were. So yeah, that's an, another terminal thing I've been doing. And then uh, the the last one that that it was absolutely useless. It's an an old and not funny joke, but the Rick Roll. I remember this, but like when you give somebody a link to help them out, and actually it's just a the music video of Rick Astley, I believe is his name. A Rick Roll in the terminal, and it made me laugh. So I didn't want to. Again, I just wrote a little blathering about that just just because it made me laugh as much as it did. So it's fun, you know. In fact, it's not funny, but it's funny. It's funny. It's not funny, but like it's just, it's a chuckle. So I I left you a little command there that you can you can curl a Rickroll a little bitly link. So if you want to do that for yourself and Rickroll yourself or 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 maybe a friend if you have any, Matt. Awesome. How about you, Wendy? What's been going on with you? I finally got to make Big Daddy Linux Live. This didn't Woo-hoo. get to make the whole show. I know it's so much fun when I get to join some of these other things that are going on in the community. And it's one of the shows that, you know, it's on every single Saturday and I hardly ever get to make it. And I did get to to spend some time on there for about the first hour. I was on for about the first hour and we were talking about, you know, different applications that were our favorites in certain categories. And there was a bunch this time around that, you know, I just don't do. Markdown. Markdown Editor was one of the ones that we talked about. And the only reason why I know anything about Markdown is because that's what we use for show notes. So that was my first experience to Markdown was when Ryan said, okay, here's our show notes. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> And now we use it for DLN Extend. Yes, yes. Which learning Markdown really isn't that difficult. It's a pretty easy thing to use for the most part. And I love the how quick it is to get the formatting you want instead of, you know, highlighting it, pushing the button, that kind of thing. That's pretty simple if you know. And the, the cheat sheets are pretty easy to come by too across the internet. I found several. If there's something I wasn't familiar with or, or at the beginning to learn, they're, they're pretty simple using Markdown. But I do have to say that our web-based version that we use, so it's easy to share. I like it quite a bit. I'm with you. I do like it too. I've, I've been using Markdown for a while. It kind of comes second nature to me, I guess, at this point. So it's you're uh, just so used to using that that when yeah. you go to write something out, it's just even even there. some different formats. Like I use a TiddlyWiki as uh, for my my uh, local notes before I started doing you know cubicleate.com. and so I stored notes that way, and I still do. But it, I was just markdown is really easy, and if you forget what it is, there's there's some buttons too to to help you through it. I'd love to play with some different markdown editors that are local because I do on a day to day basis. If I'm just writing something quick for me, it doesn't need to be in full blown LibreOffice or anything like that. I want just something that I can throw in whatever I need to and save it for me and being able to use Markdown in that. So it still has formatting to help me keep track of whatever running thing that I've got in there, but at the same time, not have to open up like everything in like LibreOffice. So Matt, what's going on in your neck of the woods? I've been diving back into doing HTPCs, our home theater PCs. So that's been a interesting thing because I'm making it Linux powered and I'm using, Nate will appreciate this. I'm using all their hardware. <laughs> Yes, to, to to make that possible, and that means installing Kodi. You know, people will tell me to use Plex and all the other stuff. This is just a local machine. Like, the, the, there's no network attached doors or anything, so Plex is just overkill for me. I try to keep this as much on the machine as possible. So that means bigger hard drives, bigger 
you know, SSDs, etc. So I've been getting Cody set up and I forgot how much I like Cody. I've had HTPCs on and off over the years. And after a while, you just kind of go like, okay, it does its thing and it becomes the appliance. I really uh, like my last local Cody machine, like uh, local only Cody machine. I haven't updated probably in the base in... <laughs> like two years it's pretty bad there's a reason it doesn't connect to the internet <laughs> no fooling what well, well, well it's an appliance to me so <laughs> if it does what it needs to i don't care you know yeah security yeah yeah whatever so for me it's been an interesting experience seeing how far some of the, like the cody interfaces have come that you can download and select and kind of tweak and morph as you will it's just it's been a really fun experience that i forgot it almost brings me back to that sense of discovery with just like linux in general when you first get into it where it's just like mind blown kind of wide open world of stuff that's thrown in front of you you know different uis different different looks and different takes on how stuff works that's been really fun though uh so that's basically been my project for the last couple of weeks um but i really had time to finally bring that down and really focus in on that so awesome is there like a specific distribution are you using using it mostly for movies are you adding other apps for streaming services too because i know cody has a lot of even mainstream streaming services available on it um, I'm using uh, Nate to answer your question. I'm using the uh, Manjaro base so Cody can stay constantly up to like the actual Cody app can stay up to bit, uh, up to date. But what I did is I used Manjaro Architect, so I have a very little other than the like the desktop environment <laughs> mm-hmm. and Cody pretty much installed. Uh, so it's a very minimal uh, Manjaro KD install. Well, just so it has a little holdback because sometimes things break in Arch. Novel ideas. It's almost like I have personal experience with that over the last like month. <laughs> so that that's what I'm doing there. As far as what I'm using it for, um, streaming server there there are some streaming services. Yes, that I do try to tie into. Um, they're they're hit or miss as far as like whether or not they'll work in Cody. I've noticed, which is kind of annoying because they're some of the plugins are very they're not official plugins for support so yeah, that's kind of annoying there are workarounds of course which but for me it's i'm trying to keep it more hey these are my my blu-ray backups and that kind of stuff like stuff that i physically own these are my backups these are the things like if the power goes out internet goes down i'm not solely reliant on you know netflix and amazon and all the other nonsense that that's really why I, i'm doing it because i've had one too many instances lately with things just go down and you're like hmm, entertainment yeah for us it's typically not power but the internet will just flake out and it's usually we've sent the kids to bed and it's time for my husband and i to just kind of unwind and pick a show <laughs> and it's like oh yeah, never mind. Though I do have, we have a projector for our phones because we have the Moto Z line. So they've mm-hmm. got the attachments that you can put on back. So now if that happens, especially I've got several movies or whatever downloaded that we can just throw the projector on the phone and then watch something on the wall. I have another Cody question for you. Is it, is it, so I, I've never actually installed Cody, but I was wondering that that's uh, just something you, you run on top of any distribution, I'm guessing, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is it like a, like a desktop environment or, or the desktop environment executes or starts and then you run Cody on top of that? 
You can do it so basically you boot right into Cody. There, there is a way to make it selectable within like uh, was SDDM and you know like like take your pick for greeter and there there's a way to make it selectable. Um, I don't remember right off the top of my head how to do that, but it is a feature. It's kind of like Steam Big Picture mode where you right. can you can make it boot into it by default. Okay, so I have it do that just because. Again, I'm viewing it more like a steam steam machine. It's very appliance to me. So, and you can access like YouTube and let's say Disney Plus and Netflix. Uh, and all that. Uh, Disney Plus is not that I'm aware of, but I'm still there. There are a myriad of plugins for Cody, so finding the right ones is still a thing. Like I said, a lot of them are going to be unofficial supported, so they could break. Then they might work currently. They might break. That's that's the gamble you kind of take with some of the plugins. I, I like I said, I try to. This is me trying to avoid the streaming services on this particular machine because that's not its intent. It's local storage, local local video content and stuff, or audio content too. But the only thing I'll quote unquote stream is probably like some podcast stuff that people put out for plugins on Cody. And that's about the extent of my streaming off Cody with this machine, if that makes sense. Yep. Makes total sense. So that's great. I'm sure there's an MB plugin and uh jellyfin and all that stuff. So cool. That's great. No, I, I was just thinking, cause I have a PC that I, I have plasma running on it as my streaming machine in the, uh, in the living room. Mm-hmm. And it might, I think I'm, I'm going to try installing Cody on it to see how, uh, if that improves like usability and so forth. So I, I appreciate you sharing that, Matt. Not a problem. This episode of Deal and Extend is brought to you by DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With App Platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point your GitHub repositories and let the App Platform do all the heavy lifting. It has support for Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, and Docker. DigitalOcean runs all of their app platform on their own infrastructure, so your costs are significantly lower than with any other products. Plus, they built this new app platform on top of DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so you can take more control of your infrastructure setup. As a listener to DLN Extend podcast and a member of the DLN community, you can get started for free. Actually, better than free because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 credit when you go to do.co slash DLN. Again, go to do.co slash DLN to get started with your $100 credit on top of DigitalOcean's new app platform. We want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of DLN Extend. So speaking of sharing, uh, there are some elements of the community that have no problems sharing with just how wrong you are about your choices in Linux. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're talking about toxic elements in the Linux community. I'm not saying that the entire Linux community is toxic. That, that it, I think is a misnomer. I have plenty to say on this topic, uh, but I'm going to get your guys' take on it. So let, let's start with Nate. Like, where where do you see the the quote unquote toxic elements of the Linux community? Well, I will say initially, the Linux community does not have the market cornered on toxicity. Like, this is not this is not just something that's unique to the Linux community. You know, it's not like we're the uh, the 
the brokers of it all. In fact, my experience has been, as far as toxicity goes, for the most part, obviously choose your community, right? Don't go to a bad neighborhood, you know, like an arch neighborhood. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, choose your neighborhood. But but the uh, for the most part, I would say, as far as online communities go, between the Linux and the Lego communities, they're both pretty darn friendly. I mean, you're, but you're going to have uh, you're gonna have doodle bugs in both of them, as far as I'm concerned. There's a um, community I would say that has been real toxic, that, that I have experienced that's been toxic, have been... Uh, Mac user groups and then also gaming user groups. So if I were to say like which one's most toxic that I've experienced has been gaming. You know, I've never had somebody in the Linux community just all of a sudden swear at me. You know, for because I got them or whatever. You know, I mean, I've, I've done we've done on, you know, we've done gaming nights or whatever with uh, the Destination Linux community, and there's not people are are pretty respectful for the most part, I would say. But I've done some gaming. Yeah, this is you know, this, obviously this has been a few years since I don't do a whole lot of online gaming anymore. But those people are some real, you know knuckleheads as far as I'm concerned, real just difficult people. So I don't know. I, I don't think, you know, when it comes, when you say toxic communities, the Linux does not, is it's on the list, but it's not high on my list. I, I probably should preface what I mean by this. Being a gamer. Okay. So let, let, let's talk about that. I can almost see, I'm not, I'm not talking about like competitive play and that kind of stuff. Stupid competitive play jokes and language and coarse language and that kind of stuff. That's not really what I'm talking about when I say toxicity, I guess. I can almost understand that because, you know, we're all competitive. Humans are competitive. That's just our thing. And we all say and do stupid, dumb things from time to time as far as in, in, in that nature. I get it. I'm talking about I guess fanboyism, fangirlism, like the, this this weird ride or die, like everybody's choice that's not my choice is wrong. And I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Yet we're a community that says we value openness, willingness to to have a different, different opinions and takes and that kind of stuff. But we have this weird vocal portion. I'm not going to say it's a minority because I, I, I honestly don't know. There, there's this weird portion of the community that likes to to look at what people choose, be it proprietary, you know, the the free software only crowd. It, it doesn't really matter. The vitriol, I guess, around example, you mentioned Microsoft and Edge, Microsoft Teams, anything MS coming to Linux. Oh, it's you know, it's embrace extinguish and extending embracing whatever. You know what I mean? I don't mean- and I get where they're coming from. I've been using this thing since '99. I get it past history. I totally understand that. But it's like any time it's brought up, any time that that's brought up, any time that you'd say you like, hey, I use proprietary software. You know, I I use Lightworks. I use DaVinci Resolve. Anytime you say, hey, this is why I don't like this, this desktop environment or, you know, and, and you give your reasons why you don't. And that's that's fine. There's no like, oh, that's cool. Glad it works for you. And then there's just no moving on. There's this like weird, like heel digging and people trying to justify their positions on why they do stuff. Personally, for me, homie, I don't care what what tech you use. That's your business. Like, sure. like, like I don't I don't get why there's elements of the community that feel like they have to project and be combative and argumentative with people who make personal computing choices because. The whole point of Linux is talking about personal choice, you know, putting the PC back in computing, basically. And yet there are elements that like belittle people for doing just that. And I don't get it. Yeah, I can see that. But I haven't seen much of it in quite a long time. Like me personally, uh, I mean, the, the the days of, you know, oh, you're running this distribution, you should really should be running this distribution instead. I, I really haven't seen a whole lot of that lately. Uh, the As far as software goes, 
maybe there's like some, I would say at the very most gentle that I've seen some gentle ribbings about, you know, don't use VS code, use like Codium or VS Codium. I don't know what it's called. I've never actually seen any kind of like that vitriol anymore that I think I once did, but I see where you're coming with that. And, you know, there. And there's a good way to um, to deal with those people, in, in my opinion. Um, you ignore them. Yeah, but uh, so here here's the problem, though. The perception, reality, unfortunately. Sure. When a vocal portion, I'm not saying minority or majority, are the ones that are speaking the loudest, those are the ones that are going to gravitate attention. The, they're, they're the ones that are going to bubble to the surface because they're, they're the bubble, as it were. And these are the ones that the, the crowd just runs with as far as like, you know, the the game, the media portion of it. Don't get me wrong. I, I could say what I what I feel in that end of things. The presentation that is this crowd gives to the, the rest of the general tech public and a as a representative portion of the Linux community, it doesn't reflect well on the rest of the sane people in the Linux community because the sane people aren't the are too busy actually doing this weird thing and using their PC to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a whole lot of people that are like this. You can have one person in a large group that is highly combative and and it's everything. It doesn't have to be just one topic. They have to pick apart every single thing that everybody says, which then overall degrades the community because then people don't want to have open conversations. They're so frustrated that if I mention I'm using this or ask a question about something that they're going to have to deal with this one single person that has to make it all about an argument. I agree. Um, let me see if I can narrow this down to more like a community specific like topic. Um, instead of painting kind of in like more broad strokes. Mention snaps. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you can mention anything canonical and like, <laughs> like oh my God, the, the vitriol and the stupid around that is absurd to me. Like, I, I'm just using that topic as an example. There are various like hot button topics, I guess. I don't know that you, you touch at. And you say, oh, I don't mind snaps. And then you get 15 different reasons from 18 different people about why snaps are bad. Homie, I don't care. I decided to use snaps. They don't work for you. That's cool. Go use what does. Well, in every community, and I don't think it's just Linux, there are always hot button topics that are going to cause, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? A visceral Um, reaction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is definitely one of those. I think universal packaging in general seems to be one of those hot button topics and that people aren't having this well-explained conversation. There's a, I don't like them and it doesn't matter what you say. There doesn't seem to be an actual conversation when you're talking about the merit of the item and not only what it was in the beginning, but including things of how they've changed. So if we're taking snaps, for example, they started out one way And there has been development on them over time. And so taking the same arguments from when they were first released and using those same arguments without looking at the changes that have been made, you may still not like them, but the conversation needs to evolve over time instead of being set in one hard, I don't like them because of X, when it's not a stationary project. As an example, uh, any anybody ironically who knows me knows I'm a plasma guy. Like that's just my preferred desktop. I recently had to switch to GNOME. 
I recently complained that I had to use about 20 extensions to make it no usable for me. But I, I made the effort and the willingness because the, the system, it does what I need it to now. I, I don't have the headaches and I'm fine with that. That's a choice I made. I have made playful pokes at GNOME before, you know, hey, <laughs> features are bugs if you use GNOME, you know, like that, that's a joke though, because for the for a while it was what features did they take out because <laughs> they didn't add any. But at the end of the day, I still respect people who find that that workflow useful. You know, there there are people who like that. And I'm totally cool with that. What I try to do when I when I hear somebody likes like vanilla GNOME as an example, I'm not gonna sit there and well, why do you like GNOME? Is you know, it's a bad desktop. What what I'm gonna be like, oh, so what in vanilla GNOME do you find useful? So maybe I yeah. can see it in a different way. Like I'm looking for a conversation about why people make some of the tech and technical decisions they do for the stuff they use. I'm more interested in that. I'm not interested in having a long-winded debate about why GTK or QT is better. I don't care. Use what works for you. <laughs> there's, again, there's this just weird element where people feel the need to like dig in and justify their positions on stuff. And I don't need and, to bring someone to your side. You can talk to them about the differences, which like you said before, is one of the wonderful things about Linux is we have so many choices in distro, so many differences in package managers that we use, desktop environments, and somebody finds them useful, which is why they're still available and still being developed. So let's talk about how awesome they are for your different workflows instead of trying to convince somebody that that one's crap and they need to start using your XYZ. Yeah, because really at the end of the day, the whole point of Linux is finding what works for you, not you projecting what works for you onto somebody else. Right. Yeah, I guess I don't really understand people who uh, have to tell you how to do your job or how, how to slice turkey. I mean, I don't I really don't understand that at all. You know, I know that, you know, I dance to my own beat, as it were. I My frequency probably doesn't line up with anybody else's or it's, it's constantly shifting. So, you know, someone who says, you know, this way is the best way to do that. I, I immediately just I glaze over because I, I know that this is the best way for you. I will evaluate it for me, but I'm, I don't it may not work for me at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, absolutely. I think there's like this, this authoritarian push from some people that to do things to conform to their ways. And I just, that just does not work for me. It just, it just does not work for me at all. And overall, I really don't think there are that many people in, especially in the Destination Linux community that are that way. But all it takes is one person that can bring an entire community down with them because of their attitude. This is going to sound bad, and I don't mean it to sound as bad as it's probably going to sound. It's not just the one person kind of thing. It, it permeates when, when you are a smaller, I guess, market, smaller community, call it whatever you want. And, you know, small is relative to how you view it, obviously. there. But when that is the... The I guess the majority voice, but it's not really the majority speaking. And yeah, it, it takes the one bad apple to ruin an entire basket of apples, right? You you have one that's starting to rot. It quickly makes the other ones go bad. So if you have this one or two bad apples in a community, and not only are they there, but they're extremely vocal about the negativity, it paints the whole community in a bad light. When one or two voices dominate a conversation it can set the mood for the entire conversation as a community regardless of how big the community is i'm not saying it, it's a big or small problem i'm just saying it's a problem 
it, it feels like this weird thing where it's like gatekeeping and like the, this other weird elements and we have in like generic society where it's like, oh, well, you're not a real, you know, you're not a real Linux user if you use this. <laughs> if, if you didn't compile everything from source, you, you, you aren't, if you're not using Linux from scratch, if you, you know, you, you get these weird, yeah. you know, you get these weird segments of like a, that kind of stuff. And it's like, or I, you can want to invest your time that way. I want to invest my time this way. So how do we deal with that? Especially when it's not a large group of people, right? Because if it's a, the majority of the community, you can just leave that community and find another one, maybe inside the overall community and, and be part of that. But if it's just one or two people, how do you deal with that? Because they're painting the rest of the group bad. Personally, for me, you know, some people call this moderation or, you know, oh, you disagree with them. It has nothing to do with that. To me, gatekeeping is stupid. I have no love loss for the amount of dumb I think that is. Promoting hypocrisy. And some people in the community are not going to like that. I find hypocrisy in people who gatekeep, especially when ones that are talking about opening openness and willingness and freedom of choice and all the other stuff. Yet every choice that either a company makes or a person makes, it's the wrong choice because it wasn't their choice. As far as like, you didn't make my choice for you. So hence it's wrong. That's stupid. I'm sorry. That is outright dumb. And to me, those are the ones that usually are the ones with the loudest voice. The same people are need to be the ones to drown out that voice. Unfortunately, it takes more sane people and more voices to drown out that one when they speak for like a hundred people, it seems like, you know, when they dominate a conversation or attempt to. We have, and that's where I think the regular people, the 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 everyday users, the in and outs, the ones that are just, they want to have a conversation like, hey, I, I found a bunch of great applications based off recommendations of like programs I've never heard of. And, you know, I had already established generic workflows like like Nate, you, you know, oh, hey, why, why would I want to replace my bash with fish? But you went and tried it, didn't you? Yep. And it, uh, I thought it was pretty great. That type of openness and willingness to recommendations and stuff. That's different. No, I mean, that's in all the, fairness, though, it took me like probably a year of hearing it plus before I even considered it. So, I mean, just yeah, fair. <laughs> but, but on the same note, they weren't telling you that because you were using Bash, you were wrong. No, but I think they had a right to, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> you now love fish that yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's di- but that's different. What I'm saying is, you they didn't sit there and say, "Well, you should be using fish because Bash is stupid or Bash doesn't work." Or it, no, but they were hi- they were highlighting the different. The, the, they were highlighting the positives of fish to try to, you know, give you a perspective on why you might want to use it. That's different. We don't get that a lot, unfortunately. Those are the that is the type of conversations that I, we need to have. Those are the type of conversations that need to dominate the stuff, not what your decision for your technology choices is wrong stuff. So basically, what you're saying overall is it's not bad to make suggestions, but the stuff that you're suggesting build up that program, that hardware, that piece of whatever, instead of tearing down the other thing, make it a positive light on the suggestion, which then if someone decides to try it and it positively benefits their workflow, as this has for Nate, that's awesome. And if they decide not to try it, they still walk away from the community with this great experience about the conversation of the positives of this thing. 
Exactly. Because it's, it's really a, here's the reasons I use this. Somebody comes back with, Hey, this is why I use this or why I don't like this, you know, general conversation. And they say, Hey, cool. And then someone decides out of that conversation to go and try it and say, Hey, thanks. You know, this helps here that that's growing as a community. That's helping as a community. The, the, the dumb bickering of snap packages versus app images versus flat packs and that you know why would you use the the closed source back end of a canonical as opposed to the openness of flat hub or who cares you might care i get it you you might be one of the the free software freedom only touting people go use your triscal i don't care <laughs> yeah i totally honestly i totally totally agree and and i guess i i don't it comes down to you know, I wonder who hurt them as a child, because, uh, you know, if you have to be so domineering over somebody on, on a choice of, well, think about this for a little bit of, of, a, a an application, which is literally just ones and zeros that turn on and off rapidly. I mean, when you really think about it, like, what is it really? I mean, you're getting really upset about something that's, you know, really kind of meaningless in many ways. And I don't, I do not understand those people. You know, if somebody, now the one thing that that will set me off is when someone puts ketchup on a hot dog, but I let them go with it, you know? <laughs> so if somebody wants to put ketchup on their Linux machine and they want to do something crazy, fine, just do it. You know, whatever, whatever floats your boat, you know? And, and I guess that's, it's just interesting. Like, so I think people need to stop and think about what they're getting upset about. You know, why are they, why are they doing what they're doing? You know what I mean? Like what, what is it that's, there's a, there's a deeper issue that I have no idea what the problem is. You know what I mean? It just makes me wonder sometimes really like what comes down to it is who hurt you, you know? And, and I think that sometimes you, you know, we get, we get angry with these, these toxic people, but I, I, I tend to feel bad for them because they, there's something clearly wrong. Well, and I don't necessarily feel bad for them. I'm one of those people that I love to have conversations and sometimes they're difficult conversations, but everybody is coming at it from the perspective of we're having a conversation and not a fight. Somebody that's very combative I just don't want to be a part of that group or whatever anymore. And so I have a tendency to just leave and not participate in the group at all mm-hmm. because it's not a situation that I want to be in. And I know that there's other people who have that tendency, not just me. And so you enter a group and then this one, two people are being highly aggressive and not wanting to have a conversation then it ends up damaging the community overall, not just because there is one person being hyper aggressive, but because there are other people that no longer wish to participate. And so you're not having this free flow of ideas. I was going to say, from my experiences, basically those loudest voices, unfortunately, have the ability to change the overall structure nature of a community and a lot of the times they don't even realize it that's the thing to me oh well i didn't see it that way well maybe if you shut up for a minute (laughs) you could actually see it that way like i said i'm not saying it's just one or two i'm not saying it's a lot i'm not saying it's the entire community there is an element i don't know how big that tries to be combative and dominative in a conversation and doesn't want to have a conversation you know and again those particular group i call a bunch of hypocrites because they're the ones that preach and talk about choice but at the end of the day you made choices for you you know as you the user that they don't agree with so they they will be the first to tell you that how wrong you were and why you're wrong and 
all the other things around it after you've had the general conversation of why you you know justification quote unquote of why you chose what you did which at the end of the day you shouldn't even have to to some random person on the internet <laughs> yep hey matt yeah you're wrong <laughs> wouldn't be the first time i've been told that <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Just had to. Hey, Wendy, guess what? You're what? right that I'm wrong. <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad we agree. This is a productive <laughs> conversation. <laughs> and I will totally take that L. <laughs> this episode of DLN Extend is brought to you by Bitwarden. Bitwarden is the easiest, safest way for individuals, teams, businesses, and organizations to store their passwords. The fact that Bitwarden is not only open source, but has had third-party security testing done is one reason I have chosen to trust them with my passwords. On their blog, they have recently announced another third-party security review has been completed. They have the security assessment available for anyone to review. My favorite part of the report and I quote, no exploitable vulnerabilities were discovered. Thank you, Bitwarden, for offering such a feature-rich password manager and making security checks a priority. You can get started with a free account by going to bitwarden.com DLN. Want to support this open source project and help them continue to conduct third-party security audits? That support starts at only $10 a year. Jump over to bitwarden.com DLN to learn more. So uh, speaking of yelling, uh, there is a game recommendation that I have. Ooh. I always like your recommendations, Mr. Enabler. I would never, <laughs> ever, ever be an enabler. Uh, so this particular game will have you yelling from the sky when you decide to jump from your spaceship down to the ground. <laughs> the, uh, the game is called Skybreak. Skybreak is a really interesting game. It's it's open world, and there's like an environmental element to it that you have to uh, try to go around and you know take into consideration as you explore this world that you've crash landed on and repair your ship so you can leave. It's actually and the the art style is the thing that I love. It's a very it's a futuristic game, so space and all that stuff, but it's got a Almost like with this weird, like whimsical art style to the world. Ooh, and I love whimsy. So there, there is combat, there is fixing stuff, and that kind of stuff. It's about, I'd say, probably eight to ten hours, maybe as far as the gameplay, maybe a little shorter. But it, it's a really fun game. Doesn't get a lot of, a lot of love, and it's native for Linux. Yes, so there's no Steam Proton or you know Glorious Egg Girl stuff needed. Just a really fun game. It's like 10 bucks, I think, on really not a super expensive game either. Definitely one to check out. But Wendy, you have an app that you've been using, right? Or looking at, I should say. I do. You know, I've spent so much time with school stuff these days that I decided to bring up. It can be used for education, but, you know, great for adults too. So this one is called Celestia. It's cross-platform. So whether you're Windows, Mac, or Linux, you can use this app. And one of my favorite things about this, and one of the favorite things I've done with my kids as far as science goes, is when you can build a um, 
solar system and see how that interacts, see what gets flung out, that kind of things. And so this application lets you build stuff and seeing how the interactions are between different planets and and that kind of stuff. You can use it for Mm. viewing and playing with our current um, constellations or, you know, look at our solar system as it is, but it gives you the opportunity to really see how those different physics work with each other and what the results are if you create your own solar system. Well, this is really cool. Like and I it's think beautifully done too. Yeah. So pretty. This is very cool. I mean, it's just it's even just the presentation on the website. Yeah, they have fantastic. a gorgeous website. Michael would be extremely proud of how their website looks. It looks really nice. The gallery that you can pull up also on their website to see how things look, detailed pictures of the moon and, you know, all kinds of extremely fun stuff that you can do with this app. Application. Like I said, the best part is it's cross-platform. So not only can you introduce it on your Linux system, if there's somebody else that you know that would love to try this out, they don't need to switch to be able to play with them. But it is one more thing that if they decide to, they can keep as they transition from one operating system to the next. That is really cool. Now, I don't see an OpenSUSE package for it, but it's not on their site, but I can do some digging. Yeah, I don't know if they have one for Manjaro. I found it in the AUR. They have specific instructions for both Debian and Ubuntu on their website. So go ahead and check it out. It might be exactly what you need for either a learning environment or you just enjoy this kind of stuff and like to play with it. Thanks, Wendy, the enabler. You are so welcome. Hey. Oh, there is a package for OpenSUSE. Senator Science Experimental. That is yeah. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. I'm going to play with that and see. That'll just be a fun uh, science activity, I think, with the kids, for sure. I think they'll, they'll, they'll get a kick out of that. So thank you, Wendy. See, this is why I like, I like doing the show with you guys, because I now have tabs open related to the things we talked about. So I got <laughs> Cody, Celestia. Um, see, I, didn't, I, didn't sl- I didn't click on the sky break because I don't want to lose my time there. I know what's going to happen if I do that. So I don't know what you're inferring. <laughs> You'll be sucked into another game. Education first. Whoa. Education first. I'm not going to admit that I, lo- I lose time in games. Well, 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 in fairness, I didn't make a recommendation for an educational game, Nate. You did. And I actually have true. been playing that. It's been a little bit. I started it. been playing that game a little bit. And it is it is so cool. I've absolutely loved that game. Never Alone. That's yep. what it was called. And they did such a great job with the way they've tied the education portion into that game. Really interesting stuff. Even if you get it full price, it is one to play. It's been, the gameplay has been fun. The education part has been really well integrated. Definitely a thumbs up from me. We'd like to continue the discussion with you on Telegram, in Discourse, Mumble, or Discord. Visit the DLN website for more information on how to connect to the social channels and all our shows and creators at destinationlinux.network. For more information on where you can find stuff about me, you can go to cubiclenate.com. Links to my regular written blatherings, podcast, and YouTube channel can be found there. You can follow my random ramblings on Twitter at MattDLN. You can find me on Instagram at Linux and Lifts. As always, we thank you for joining us. We'll be back for another fantastic episode of DLN Extend. Until then, have a great week, everyone. 